what other people think I should do does not matter. And not in a mean way. Like, I will receive it and I'll listen. But at the end of the day, if it aligns with what I believe is true and right, that's what matters. But I cannot let life dictate who I am. And I will not be a puppet to life and other people's opinions. And I think I learned, and this is going to be really weird to say, but that I'm willing to die for goodness. It's time to open your mind and expand your empire. You're listening to The Ted Huff Show. Join in for stories that embrace imperfections and become the inspiration you need to achieve true greatness in your life through actionable progress in the pursuit of self-discovery, self-improvement, and self-purpose. Where will your story take you? Now let's get it started with the man himself, your host, Ted Huff. Welcome to episode 26 of The Ted Huff Show. Today's guest is Henry Amar, a massively creative person. He's performed with Gladys Knight on a Grammy award-winning album, is a solo music artist, TEDx speaker, host of a podcast that reached number one on Apple Podcasts, has been published in Forbes, and also created a business that exploded into an international success in one year. Henry has transformed himself for being so passive that as a child, his nickname was actually Passive, becoming an empowerment coach for pop culture celebrities, influencers, and companies such as DreamWorks. Now, after graduating magna cum laude from the University of Southern California Marshall School of Business, becoming a certified life transformation coach, neurolinguistic life coach, timeline coach, trauma release specialist, and clinical hypnotherapist, he has created an organization whose mission is to inspire people through real world strategies to transform their lives by empowering them for success by living an authentic life. I'm grateful to call this man a friend. Please welcome Mr. Henry Amar. All right, man. Well, hey, I appreciate you hopping on the show. Yeah. Um, you made it to sunny Arizona. It's nice and toasty out here, but we, you know, got, yeah. we got some good scenery. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> so the first question I always like to start with is, who is Henry Amar? Mm-hmm. Not what does Henry do, Yeah. but who is Henry? Who is Henry? That's a great question. Um, I'm a truth seeker, man. I'm someone that's just like... I just want to be here and just give all that I have back to the world. I want to be the best version of myself. And, um, you know, I believe I'm put here to share light and love. And I can do that the more that I'm enhanced. So I'm a true seeker that seeks to grow myself so I can just give it back to the world and love my family, starting with myself and my family and my friends and then my audience and everybody else that wants to serve. I mean, that's why I feel like I'm here. Um, who am I at my core? I don't think I, I am. I'm not my career. I'm not the speaker. I'm not the motivator. I'm not the podcaster, the musician. Like I'm more than that. And I think all of us are that a lot of times our identity is tied to different things, but my identity is just like, I'm a powerful, limitless spirit that is here to grow and evolve. And just experience this life and give it all back. You know, I think all of us are, that's just my opinion. No, no, I fully agree with that. And I love, especially with, with someone that has the, the insight into themselves like you do. I love hearing the, the answers, um, of that. It's it's wonderful. Now with you being such a I I I see you as being a massively, not just a creative person, but a massively creative person. Do you remember? Is it the hair? (laughs) I'm just kidding. kidding. Wait wait a second. Wait a second. (laughs) You have the hair too though. So it's good. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm working on it. Uh, 
hair doesn't hurt. The socks don't hurt either. Uh, that's I mean, true. Yesterday you were wearing but Mickey Mouse socks. It, I was wearing Mickey Mouse socks. I didn't tell everybody why I wore them too. So why were you wearing the Mickey Mouse? You socks? know, it's not because of Mickey. It's because of Walt Disney. Okay. And thinking about his life, and and nobody knows this, but he failed so many times. He almost he would think he went bankrupt or almost went bankrupt. And someone told me he wasn't creative. And his first his two companies failed. You know, but. If he would have listened to what people said, and if he would have looked at his failures as like, oh my gosh, that's who I am, then we wouldn't have Disney. We wouldn't have Mickey. We wouldn't have Disney World, Disneyland. And it's like you look at this empire he built, mm -hmm. and it's like he didn't listen to his art teacher that said he had no creativity, right? The person that's credible, right? And so for me, it's like everybody has an opinion, mm -hmm. you know? And for me, it's like I need to honor my in my heart what I know I'm supposed to give the world, regardless of what anybody thinks, you know? And it's inspiring to me to look at Mickey and say, wow, I have socks of somebody that would have never had the socks of Mickey Mouse had he listened to what people said or he looked at his failures and created his identity based on his failures. And to me, it's very inspiring to think of, like, looking at all this because someone decided to be committed to their dream and purpose. Yeah. So... It was, I know it's a little bit deep for a sock, but that's what <laughs> no, it does no. for me. You know, and it's interesting because, uh, you know, after we finish recording this, tomorrow morning I hop on a flight at 6 a.m. with my family to go see the creation he never got to see finished, which is Walt Disney World. That is awesome. So that's where we're, we're headed uh, tomorrow morning. That is so awesome. So there you go. let me go back to my question. Yeah, yeah back to your question. So what is the first... Uh, creative thing that you were like the thing that you got, were like yeah I really like creating stuff at your early, earliest memory was at childhood wherever wherever it may be yeah that's a great question um you know I've always been obsessed with music I used to be the kid with my ear to the speaker you know and um and I never thought I was creative you know I even though I had that and I, I you know the thing with creative people is we're really sensitive to life because in a sense, you interpret, right? Like I hear, I go through situations and then I'll, I'll write a song about it or I'll create a piece of content about it or whatever that is. And I just saw myself as just more of a receptive person and things like that. But um, I think it was my first time. This is actually really interesting. The one I remember, and there's probably some before that, but um, I... I had gone to the movies and I was this girl I wanted to ask to the movies and she said she was busy and I went to the movies and I saw her there with my friend oh man and I was like okay this is interesting and I got in the car and there's an R&B group called Jagged Edge and they always have really long intros I remember that yeah, yeah. do you okay and then I played the song and it was like dum, 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 and then I just started singing and uh, the song came out of my mouth about the situation and it was like and I got it, instead of being sad about it I got so excited because I actually like it just came out and I created a song and that like you know I never released it but my cousin kept singing it back to me hey man you gotta release a song and it was my first time ever creating something but it was from my heart and soul it just came out from a situation that had happened so that was the first one I remember just being so f in the flow if that makes sense no that, that makes total sense so you, you've been very open about your relationship um, with your parents yeah when they realized that you or when you told them that you wanted to chase the dream yeah of being a creative yeah music i yep. believe it was. it was music what was how did they respond to that oh uh, i mean so my sister was in law at the time <laughs> and she had her own car and everything <laughs> like that and i'm like i'm gonna do music and my dad's like you're gonna do what 
Like you need to go make money. Like your sisters in law, you need to go do that. And um, so it wasn't received very well initially. My parents were very cool. They were, you know, it was such a dichotomy, right? Like such loving people. And you know, my father, you know, had, earlier on had a lot of pro- like anger stuff happening. But um, my mother was always just, just kind of supportive, but she was very just more quiet. My father was like, "You need to get a job. You need to figure this out. Uh, go to school at least." And um, and so it was really, really like rough to like go home feeling like, huh, like the people that I like love and want their, you know, acceptance the most at the time um, were telling me to do something else, you know, that wasn't going to be viable. You're that's never, you're never going to do that. And they came from a culture of like security and, and this and that. And so um, at first it was really rough and I kept trying to prove myself like, oh, check it out. Like this cool piece of song. Great. Cool. You're making money yet? And I'm like, no, no, but we're going to. It's going to be awesome. We're going to hit it big, you know. And it wasn't until, um, I don't know if I ever told this story. I think I have once. Um, we opened up for Aaron Carter. Do you know? Do you remember Aaron Carter? I remember, Okay. Yes. So we opened up for Aaron Carter at the House of Blues. And I invited my father and my family. And I was like, okay, cool, another concert, whatever. But this was big. It was sold out. And my group was there. And our backs are turned to the crowd. And we started out singing an acapella song. And the, and the curtains open up. And we go. And girls are screaming. It was like a bunch of girls. And I start shaking girls' hands. And they were freaking out. I look over at my dad. And my dad's like face is like totally perplexed. <laughs> and I was like, I think I won him over, you know? <laughs> After that, he stopped like giving me crap about it and he was like okay I could see how you could be doing something because he saw like the audience Mm -hmm. reception to it so a lot of times in life like I mean that goes to Walt Disney right like if you know you're supposed to do something in your heart and it doesn't make sense to anybody else it doesn't matter in my opinion right like I'll listen to your feedback and ask myself is that true does it resonate with my heart but like it didn't but I mean it paid off like we ended up doing we ended up touring the world opening up for like the coolest people people I used to listen to I would open up for you know we we did some really neat stuff so it was I mean but that's how it is is I always say this is interesting concept I always say there's three phases when we go to change and people around you that like it shocks them whether you're changing something as simple as a career or a relationship or a religion or anything that you're changing right first is rejection because it's scary either a you're getting rejected so um like i mean they're 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 leaving something that you're involved in so either a makes you feel really bad or b you're really concerned for them and the second one is acceptance like that's really good for you that's that's cool and third if it's true and it's right and there's fruit bearing it bearing in your life they respect it you know in my whole journey of life it's always been those three steps and people that I know whenever I was going through a big change it's like what are you doing like when I quit my job that I was doing really well and like what are you doing you're crazy like you're making so much money you're literally giving up millions of dollars to go and pay for yourself and a career people make how much money did they make doing that you know and then they're like oh that's really cool that's cool for you but I could never I could never leave my job it's so secure then they see you thriving and see the fruits of it like hey man I literally had a guy and I won't say where it was I was working it was a really 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 big company like massive and I was there um in the summer and I reported to him and this is a really big company it's very reputable and years later he messaged me goes hey man I want you to know you inspired me to quit my job like I quit my job to pursue my dream that's awesome and I was like wow like the guy I was going to report to you know and to me it's like it's cool to when you live your dream and you live what is right at some point if it bears fruit you end up inspiring people but you have to go through the phase of like you not being good at it or you 
getting resistance for it. Right. I just totally went off on a tangent, by the way. No, no. Yeah. You went. The funny part is that you skipped. Did I answer your qu- question? I actually, now, I actually looked at See, that question. I, I was actually helping you out. <laughs> here. Uh, so I'm, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna roll back a little bit because, um, you know, I, I've had the the opportunity. Uh, I I met you at Powerful You. Yep. Uh, in Utah last year, um, we've kept in touch. Got to see you again, MC Powerful You in LA, and then yesterday we had the pop up workshop, which was was awesome. And every time, um, I'm going to go back to the parents. You 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 tell a story about your parents and just kind of how each one had a pivotal moment in your life. Mm-hmm. If they were sitting here today. What is the thing that you would want to say to them? I'm so grateful. You know, they did everything they possibly could with what they knew. You know, they sacrificed. And even though everybody has their problems, you know, there are moments in my life where I was, you know, upset or resistant to my family or whatever before I understood. And I think everybody has struggles. We all run patterns. And everybody does, in my opinion, the best they can do with what they know. And even though you look at how, how is that person doing the best they did? Like they're treating that person like a jerk. They're hurt. They're, they're going through trauma. They're going through something, you know. But I would just want them to know how grateful I am for their sacrifice and their love for me. Um, and I'm just so grateful. And people are like, well, how could you be grateful? Some things that, like, they were so awesome. And they, they, they completely sacrificed. Like I talk about my dad being really angry at times. But he was also one of the most loving people. And I think, you know, going off on a little tangent, um, I talk, where I wanted you to go, by the way. So yeah. you're, you're, you're following, yeah. following the lead perfect. Cool. Yeah, I read the last question. I was kidding. <laughs> so, like, you know, our strengths can become our downfall, right? Like, I'm very passionate, right? Like, anybody that's seen me, like, do anything, like, when I'm in the zone, I get really crazy passionate. And my same passion could be my downfall, right? Like, if I, get a, if I was an angry person, it would be really bad. But thank God I'm not angry. My fuse is really, really long, except for, like, two things that people do it. My fuse is really short. Um, and so... Um, and that's like bullying and people that mistreat women like it really bothers me So if you want to see me get pissed off do those two things <laughs> well, and that's you, what I was just getting ready to I was yeah, like yeah, yeah. I'll wait for him to finish and then, you, then you'll ask that question. So that's the diversion um, but <laughs> but my thing is like, you know our weaknesses may be our strengths unbridled, right? Like someone that is really depressed or is a really big feeler, you just may be a really compassionate, sensitive person that feels other people's energy that we just have to like temper a little bit, right? And it's a gift. And my passion is a gift. You know, all of our, our creative people, they're also very sensitive, but it's their gift, right? Because we write music. I mean, but you look at a lot of artists like, you know, that, that end up... Uh, you know, it's very sad committing suicide or something like that because they're so sensitive, right? So our strengths can become our downfall if we, we don't bridle them. But um, going back to my parents, like, you know, my father was a very passionate person, very loving though. Like literally, I remember um, my ex going up to him saying, I really like your shirt. He literally took off his shirt and gave it to her, like took the shirt off his back. I was like, dad, like she didn't mean she wanted it. She meant... It was nice. He's like, no, no, have it. I was like, you're so much bigger than she is. She's not going to fit it. So he was a very heart-centered person, Mm -hmm. but the sensitive heart also, you know, was tough. So if my parents were here, I would just say, thank you so much. Like, you sacrificed. You came to this country with $200 in your pocket, not knowing the language two years before I was born because you wanted a better life for me and my sister. I wasn't even born. You didn't know I was in existence yet, you know? But, like, thank you for sacrificing doing the very best that you could. And so that's what I would want them to know. I'm so, I love them, and I'm so grateful, you know? No, I, I, I'm lucky enough that, that both my parents 
are still with us today. That's awesome. Um, and I went, I started last Christmas, they came to visit and I've started to do, um, interviews of them. So oh, that's cool. I'll, so I started sitting down with them and we did four hours worth of interviews. Oh, that's so good. At my house. And I only got like a quarter of the way through all the questions I wanted to ask them. And it, it's, it's really amazing to see and to hear their perspective of things that happened when they were young, mm. things that happened when I was young. Wow. And some of the yeah, things that they I said, bet. I was like, I totally don't remember it that way. But it was, it's something that I'm trying, I'm doing my best to not take them for granted that they're here. That is so beautiful, man. It's so true. It's so easy. Oh yeah. You know, it, especially the things that are good because we're looking at things that aren't good. We focus on those things, but like we have so many things to be grateful for. I think that's amazing, man. And I, that's the one thing I've learned is like life can be so short, you know, and people we love today and we're gone tomorrow. I could be gone tomorrow. Yeah. Right. Like who knows? Right. Like, I don't know. And I think it's so great. You're doing that and capturing those moments and not taking them for granted. I mean, man, it's like what, what during my Ted talk that morning, like I literally, I got up to pick up my phone to call my mother and ask her to pray for me. Oh man. And I was like, Oh wow. I can't call my mother and ask her to pray for me. You know? And it was like one of those moments where like, wow. Okay. You know what I mean? And how long has she been gone? Uh, a few years. Just okay. not too, too long ago. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just one of those things. It's like naturally, it's like, man, I'm feeling some stuff. Let me ask people I care about to pray for me. And it's like, okay, well, I mean, and, and I believe in, you know, that, that she's one of my angels and I, I mm -hmm. believe that it's just, but it was one of those things that's like, that's really interesting, you know, no, definitely. to go through. So it's, it's, you know, I love that you don't take it for granted. It's beautiful. I appreciate that. You've mentioned that at one point you decided that you were going to take a break from music. Mm -hmm. When you decided to put that dream on hold, I guess you would say, what was the driving force for you to start the company you started? Um, and were they related? They were not related. You know, it's weird. It, it happened. You know, in a weird way, it's not like I... My partner at the time was like, hey, I want to start this thing. And it was cool because for me, I, at this point, I was still obsessed with human behavior. I was still obsessed with like helping. And the company I started, which probably nobody knows, is was a competitive cheerleading and dance company. And when I was a junior in high school, they put this really cute girl in front of me and said, throw her in the air. And I was like, well, sure, why not? You know? <laughs> and I threw her in the air and I was like, this is cool. And they taught me to do backflips. And I was like, this is really cool. We started creating stuff like a circus, like where you're throwing goes in the air doing flips and all that stuff. And I got kind of into it. And then, but for me, he was saying like, hey, let's go do this and we can work with youth all around the world. And in my head, I was like, oh my gosh, I could implement all the knowledge of human behavior into all these schools around the world and these teams. And his thing was like, let's create cheer stuff. And he was into what that's stuff too but my stuff was primarily like I'll get access to tens of thousands of youth and I get to practice teaching and coaching mental strategy and so for me I've always been obsessed with human behavior throughout the thread of music as well. We'd go to a city, I'd be like, hey, let's go speak at a high school. You know, what can I do to, to add back and add value? So when I was interviewing for, for a TED, they asked me, when did you start speaking? And I was like, wow, I think my first talk was 18. 
And I was like, holy cow, like I've been doing this for a while, you know? And um, and so, long story short, I... Like four years, right? Yeah, like three, three years, oh, three years, yeah. Sorry. 21, just turned 21. Um, so, and, um, but like, you know, it, it's it was really cool to, to look back at, but for me, it was an experience. Like, I paused in music, something had happened, and I was like, cool, I could still work on music creatively, but I, at that point, it was really crazy. My work ethic was nuts. And I would literally be in the studio till 2.30 in the morning, and I'd wake up at 6 in the morning to do stuff and so like literally my my days were booked and my work ethic has always been pretty gnarly um, and there's a reason behind that but um, I so he brought it up and it just felt right to me and to me I'll follow you can call it intuition gut spirit God source whatever it is that's calling me to do it and it felt right to me and I was like cool let's just give it a shot and see what happens and that took off you know in a year and a half we were international which was really really cool and then I got out of it and then you made your exit then I made my exit yeah so with that exit what business school came next yep so real estate there's a reason for real estate so <laughs> so I had Gary Cardone on uh-huh. and he he just started painting again last year. Mm-hmm. Um just before Grant's 10X Growth Con in February last year. Yeah. And so I asked him and I'm going to ask you a very similar question. How do you how do you feel or how do you believe or what do you believe that your creativity helped you in that area that for most people are going to think real estate, not really that creative. Yeah. I can totally tell you, like for me writing a song, I have this vision, but I don't play every instrument. I don't produce or engineer. Right. So I have this vision and I bring people together and we create this song that's tangible. Mm-hmm. And I look at buildings and I'll be like, I want to create a building. I would love to build this skyscraper and make it super creative. So real estate development was that. It's like you have this vision and then you bring a team of people together and then you create something tangible. So it was still creativity in a way for me where I could, and then you make, you know, residual income based on that for the rest of my life. And I was like, I would love to learn that. And and so it combined different sets for me, like business. I love creating business and structure, but I love creating more than anything. And I love opportunity. And it was, it was a way for me to really level up my my mentality because I was working with, you know, at, at business school, I was working with people that were doing $39 billion deals, you know? So for me, like numbers became, because I grew up in such a, you know, limited financial upbringing, right? Like my family, we lived in a one bedroom, right? Like we're all of our beds, including my parents, my sister and my father, like we're bunk beds. We're in one room where you couldn't even, I couldn't get off of my bed without getting on my parents' bed, you know? And so to that, to looking at three commas, four commas, you know, when you're looking at something, when you're like three commas, four, yeah, four commas. And so you're sitting there like, feels unreal. Yeah. And then at some point you're like, Oh, it's just an extra comma. You know, when it just changes, like your mentality changes because right. you're around people that it's not as big of a deal when for me it's like, Oh my gosh, like $1 billion. Like it's crazy. When it's like, yeah, it's just a higher stakes game. You know, and it seems like I talk about it like it's nothing, but after you're around it and punching numbers for a long time or like buying this building for $200 million, at first you're like, whoa. And then at some point when we were buying $200 million buildings, a $9 million building was like, oh, it's only $9 million? 
versus nine million dollars that's crazy you know right. because now it was like it's just a perspective you look at something so it was reconditioning my mindset um, to really just be open to whatever the possibilities can be versus having a limitation on that so that that did that for me it was really just an eye-opening experience but it was still creative so with business it is very structured yep very linear in a lot of cases mm. how do you reconcile so luckily i worked with a team that like we were like structured but not you know funny enough i created one of the systems for it and they're already massive they're one of the best in in town easily and um but i i don't mind it i don't mind creating the structure i just don't like systematizing something if it doesn't work but I'm always expanding the structure. You, you know, okay. If you put me in a structure, it's probably not going to stay the same, you know, um, unless it's like the most efficient. But is there something that's the most efficient? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I but then again, I'm not there anymore. Right. right. Like I was there for a few years. And for me, it just it was a really beautiful, beautiful experience. Like I had the Ocean View office and but I was still boxed in for Henry. You know, because I'm a very free spirit, as you could probably tell. You've only been to how many countries in the last few weeks? I, I don't, four. Yeah. Yeah, four. Yeah. But, it's, but, you know, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the experience. It's really shifted me. The team was amazing. And the, the opportunity to be creative on a largest... I'll probably get back into real estate at some point, b- build a fund, and, and, you know, go and create a bunch of cool stuff. But we'll see at some point. So I'm going to switch gears on you here a yeah. little bit. So... Through all of the different things that you've worked on, what do you feel has been the biggest setback that you felt set you up for that comeback? Oh, wow. The biggest setback that set me up for comeback. Um, man, I've had so many. Everything would be one that just popped into your head when I said one, that. One that like sticks in my mind that like makes people realize like it doesn't matter what... Um, it doesn't matter what happens. You just have to trust that there's something bigger at work. I, when I quit my, when I sold my shares, it's because I really knew in my heart I had to go to USC and do music. In the craziest way. Like literally, I was just, one day I was like, you need to quit this job. You need to sell your shares in this company and then go to USC and do music. And I was like, I'm not going to get into USC. I have five W's. I was in community college sitting in class in like this rock class. I was like, what am I ever going to use? Learn about this red rock or something. I'm never going to use it in my life. And then I got a text message saying, we're going to record with Gladys Knight. We're going on tour. And oh, I, literally, wow. I literally threw my backpack on and I left class. I was like, peace out. I had five W's, which is worse than an F. So when I realized like I needed to go to USC, I was like, this does not make sense. So I, 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 I go to my sacred space and I'm praying and I'm like, okay. And to me, I'm like, God, I'll do whatever. I'll go to Montana and pick gum off chairs. If I feel it's right, I will quit all of this and go live on that golf course if that's what I'm supposed to do, right? Um, and I'm on the freeway, and this is a true story, and I have the picture to prove it. Um, <laughs> I'm on the 110 freeway in downtown LA, and the cop decides to stop all of traffic, and everything is stopped. And finally, I'm like, I'm on my way to my sacred space, and I'm like, I close my eyes, like, okay, I'll do whatever. Doesn't make sense. USC and music, first of all, both of those individually take up all your time. And my parents were sick at the time, and I'm my parents, and I have to make money. Right. And so I'm like, okay, but I'll do whatever. And I literally open my eyes. I don't remember this bus being in front of me, but there's a bus in front of me with a USC logo and music notes all over it. And all I heard was Henry do both and I'll take care of you. Oh, wow. 
So I, I called my business partner. I was like, uh, I'm selling my shares. He's like, dude, wait a few more years. We just grew international. Like we, you'd make so much more money. And I was like, nope, I got to do it. I'm so sorry. At first, he didn't understand. He's like, what, dude, we just, you know, and I was like, I'm so sorry. I got to do this and sold my shares. And then I applied to go to USC. First of all, I go to the counselor. And she's like, there's no way you're going to get in. The counselor's like, this is a joke. Like, there's no, you five W's. Like, USC's school is like one of the top schools in the country. And I was like, nope, I already know I'm getting in. I'm only applying to USC. She's like, you should apply to other schools. I was like, nope, I'm not doing it. And finally, I was like, look, with all due respect, I'm not passive at this time anymore. <laughs> and, and I was like, with all due respect, like, you don't believe I'm going to go to USC. So why I'm, I'm not going to take your advice because you're giving me advice based on somebody that doesn't believe I'm going to go there. Just tell me what classes I need to take. I got the classes. I took them. I worked my butt off. I got straight A's and did whatever. I applied like I'm getting in. It's done. And I'm running really for life like this fundraiser for cancer. And my sister calls me and goes, Henry, you got a letter from USC. I go, a letter or a packet? She goes, a letter. And I was like. That's normally not good. No, it's normally not good. And I was like, can you open it? And she's like, "Um, yeah, um, I'm so sorry you didn't get in. I was like, what? What? Like, I worked so hard. I was working. I was going to school full time had a job taking care of it. I was like just you know all in and I was like they must have been wrong I call USC I was like hey you guys must have gotten this wrong like I'm, can I appeal this and she's like she's like Henry no like we're not going to accept it like I'm just letting you know it's even harder to get in next year oh wow and so I had a decision to make at that point I was like do I still follow or do I not and finally I said I was like you know what I'm going. I'm doing all in. Like, I'm supposed to do this. So I took 20 units a semester. I did leadership. I did all these things. I went to USC. I broke down every door I could. And then one day, I'm sitting at home, and I had that same feeling come to me. Like, it's 1030 at night. Stay up tonight. 1130, stay up tonight. And I'm like, normally I stay up. I'm really tired. 1230, stay up. 130, stay up. 230, I get this crazy feeling I get, you know, this light-filled feeling I get. And all of a sudden, boom, I get an email. And it's USC. And I click it and it says, you have 24 hours to let us know if you're coming. Here's your financial aid package. Something along those lines. I click wow. it. My tuition's all paid for. I just had to get a loan for um, room and board. That's crazy. So, and then the crazier part is, so the setup actually is my senior year, which I didn't understand. I was like, man, that was an extra year, right? My senior year, the last semester, they're, they're saying this guy's going to come teach at USC. And I knew who he was. He's one of the top real estate guys in the world. Like, just one of his deals was $39 billion he facilitated. You know? And he's a really, everybody's like, he's a great guy. His heart is golden. Blah, 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 blah. And he's like, he's looking for a TA. And at that point, I was president of the Real Estate Association at USC. And I was super involved in everything. And... And everyone's like, Henry, Henry, you should get Henry. So I meet up with him. He's like, yeah, I would, I would love for you to have you be my TA. And I, I was trying to get a hold of him before that. He was so busy. Now I got to spend like so, many, so much time with this guy who was one of the smartest, kind-hearted guys. And he told me, you should work with this guy, Jeff. Long story short, he's so respected that Jeff, when I met with Jeff, who was my, ne- my boss, my future boss, he said, the only reason I would ever met with you is if this guy would have recommended you. Anybody else, I wouldn't have had the meeting. I don't have time. And I met with Jeff. Jeff gave me the job. And in three years, I became a director of investments, which normally takes people probably like 10 years to do. So what I thought was a year setback was a seven-year come up. Wow. And now this guy's one of my closest friends and mentors, and I love him to death. He's been a blessing in my life, and like I would have never met him, I wouldn't have been close to him. So what what was the what was the tie into real estate? What was it that 
got you interested? Just the creative aspect, the limitlessness okay. of it. I, I'm a very big picture thinker, and I feel like, oh, you can there's you can create a ton of real estate, and you could right. be as creative as you want. So it was like the combination of like freedom and challenge, but creativity. I don't know, but it's been really good for me. I don't know. No, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. So a lot of people, one, one of the things that, that came in yesterday and in the session that I, I, I noticed was a common theme is that people talk about being overwhelmed, um, not being able to stay focused on something. What tools or tips do you or tricks or tactics do you use when you start to feel that overwhelm and you start to feel like your, your focus is starting to wane. Yeah. I mean, cause you're super busy, so I can yeah. only imagine. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's a good question. I mean, I, I think it's, there's many different ways to do it and there's not one, but I'll give you a couple of things that come to mind. One is just keep things much more simple than, than they just keep them as simple as you can make it right. We tend to complicate things in life. And I think it's very simple. Right? Like my morning rituals are very simple. I connect, I do these things, I'm aware of myself, you know, versus like, oh, my thoughts are like a mile, miles an hour. Okay, cool. What is it really trying to say? You know, um, the second thing is um, in terms of being overwhelmed, man, so many things can trigger overwhelm, mm-hmm. right? And I think overwhelm is a big part of it is when we, when we don't keep, when we have a lot of decisions we haven't made. Um, we have these decision loops that stay open in the air, right? I think the decision, being the decider is one of the greatest decisions we'll ever make. And I keep saying that because it's true. If I don't take control of my life, I'm going to feel overwhelmed of the things I can control, right? Because I can't control you. I can't control them. I can't control what happens with this video. You know, I can control Henry Amar. You can't control the recorder. I can't control the recorder, but you can have backups and make it work. <laughs> so, um, but so my thing is, God grant me the serenity, the peace to accept the things that I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. I need to know the difference first of all. People get frustrated when they try to control things outside of themselves. When look, like I just believe that everything works together for my good. And, I, and, and, and when things are crazy, I, I, another key factor for me is being lovingly self-aware. When I'm overwhelmed, I don't just keep pushing harder. Let me stop for a second and ask myself, what's going on right now? You know, I had this episode weeks ago where I felt, I felt anxiety. I was like, I haven't felt anxiety in forever. Like, I've overcome that so much. But I, I felt it and I stopped. I was like, okay, where's my self-talk? Where's my focus? Where's it at? Connected, what's going on? And had this epic like breakthrough that day. But I was lovingly self-aware. I didn't beat myself up over it. And I said, let me pause for a second. I can step back and pause. I don't need to push harder when I'm going, getting things are crazy and I'm busy, but I can pause and I can cancel things. You know, when I, that day I had the, the crazy anxiety, I had a feeling that I had to cancel this uh, mastermind. I was invited to, it was a $10,000 mastermind and I canceled it. Oh, wow. And, and I felt like I should, but I canceled it. I went to church and I went to the beach and meditated and I had the most epic breakthrough. Right. And so for me, it's okay to pause. It's okay to sit back. Like what's the race. And, and my thing is I'm here to grow and I'm here to be in a good space mentally and emotionally. So if I'm overwhelmed, pause for a second. What's the root of my overwhelm? What's the conflict in my life? Am I too busy? Do I have too many things on my plate? It's time to take back the power in my life and stop letting life dictate who the hell Henry Amar is and what I'm doing with my schedule. It's my schedule, right? Like I'll do what 
I feel is right. And if someone doesn't like that, I'm so sorry. Right. But I can only serve from the highest authentic place that I could be. So it's really stepping back for a second, hitting pause and understanding lovingly what's happening with it. And there's so many resources to do that. And that's just me thinking out loud. I know I said like a conglomerate of no, things okay. in that space. Okay. But one of the things that, that you said that really means a lot to me is the fact that you were willing to tell somebody else that you'd already committed to, hey, I'm sorry, but I can't do that. Yeah. And a lot of people are so scared to tell somebody, I'm sorry, I can't do that because they're, they have that fear that they're not going to be loved. They're not going to be Absolutely, liked. Absolutely. 100%. And and that is that is a huge thing. I mean, that's not easy to do. Yeah, it's like you, if you do something out of alignment, then you're going to ruin it anyway. Yeah, had you gone, you wouldn't have been there. Yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent. You wouldn't be able to give what you were wanting to give, and and I missed out on a, an epic breakthrough. Literally changed my life. Yeah, you'd mentioned your your regimen that you do every day. What would you say is the most radical belief behavior or habit you've changed recently that has become a, a rock like that that one that thing you can go to or that non-negotiable yeah what, like recently when recently. i say recently like if you have like, to go out three years we can do that oh that recently i was thinking like last month I'll, I'll i feel like month. i make a i mean look one of my favorite quotes is if we haven't spoken in over a year allow me to reintroduce myself because my growth game is strong like i hope i grow so I much that, that like that. in one month i have an epic breakthrough like i don't care about being wrong like i want to be wrong and some things like show me where i am cutting short because when i can grow in that thing like who what am i protecting I'm not going to protect something that doesn't serve me, right? Like, so when I discover things in my life, I'm not like, oh man, I suck because I don't suck. I just ran a pattern that didn't work. Like, me and my core, like, is awesome. You and your core, you're awesome. You and your core, you're awesome. And uh, you know what I mean? That's the thing. It's like, I love where I'm at, but I'm excited about where I'm going. And I think that's a rock thing for me. Like, I don't beat myself up more than I need to. Like, sometimes I'll catch myself like, oh, no, 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 Henry, that's not going to work. That's not going to serve you. And it's not like an arrogant thing. It's like, man, like... Arrogance is fear. Confidence is like, if you come from a place of love, like I could never serve if I wasn't confident. Right. You know, and people are like, oh, confidence, you start feeling yourself. No, if I felt myself like then that's out of fear. Like I don't have to be better than anybody, you know? So going into that, like when I say my growth game, like I don't, I want to grow. I hope I had a breakthrough last month. If I didn't, then what am I doing? Because growth is really, truth is high on my list. And I'm constantly looking for ways to feed my soul, feed my spirit, you know? Um, so recently in the past three years, back to your question. Um, <laughs> well, so, you said last month, so I'm going to, I'm going to, so you can hold me to last month. Yeah. yeah. Last, last month. month for me. Um, wow. Like, you know, it's becoming more, and, and I was like this, but I didn't realize there was more depth to it. Realizing that what other people think I should do does not matter. And not in a mean way. Like, I will receive it and I'll listen. But at the end of the day, if it aligns with what I believe is true and right, that's what matters. But I cannot let life dictate who I am. And I will not be a puppet to life and other people's opinions. And I think I learned, and this is going to be really weird to say, but that I'm willing to die for goodness. Yeah, that when you say it, it does sound crazy. Yes. But the fact that I'm willing to lose everything to do what's right, I have nothing to protect. 
I don't care if I'm rejected because the psychology of our brains is if I'm rejected, then primarily, like back in the day, back in the day, right, how our brain is wired, if I'm rejected from the tribe, then I am ostracized and I'm less likely to survive. So I have to stay in the group to, to, to do that or, you know, fear of not being enough. And when we're kids, right, like when we're babies, if we're not enough or we're not loved, we're not going to be fed and we're going to die. Built in our system, we want to feel enough and feel loved. Right. But in a weird way, I realized I'm willing to lose everything to do what I believe is right. And the second I, I've always said that, but I never felt it like I did a few weeks ago when I was at the beach that I was day. Say, was that your breakthrough? Yeah, that was my breakthrough. And I said, you know what? I have such a purpose and a mission to, to share this message with the world and to give light and love to the world that you know, everywhere you go, Kanye says there would be no shade if you weren't shining. People are going to throw shade on you all the time. Like even as much as good as you try to do, someone will find something to do to say about you. Right. But my thing at this point is like, you know, maybe I will care a little bit, but really the second I let go of all attachments, it was so liberating. So I think that's my rock is like, I'm here with a purpose and a mission to love and bring light to this world the best way I know how. Am I going to do it perfectly? No. I'm going to do the best that I can? Absolutely. Tomorrow, maybe I'll be better at it. And in two weeks, I better be better at it. So that's how I feel. Henry, with every episode, I like to give people three tactics that they can use for life, business, relationships to tend to that next level of success, yeah. whatever they deem success to be. What three things do you... One for life, one for business, and one for relationships? It doesn't matter. The three most, the three most important things that you believe will help them it could be in all, could be in one, could be in none. I mean, look, first and foremost, I mean, this is a general one, but it's love, man. Like, we don't have enough real love for ourselves and for others. You know, I really believe that. And I think it's a combination, right? I can't love myself without loving you. And I can't love you without loving myself. And, and what does that mean? Like, think of a relationship you've built with somebody like that you really care about. How do you build a real loving relationship with somebody? You know, when they're down, do you beat them up? You absolutely do not. You know, you look for their strengths, you compliment them, you lift them up when, you know, where they're needed. You do all that stuff. And for me, it's like, we need to start building a strong relationship with ourselves and really like learn how to love in the realest way, not cheesy. I love you way. Like what does love mean? And that's a whole conversation. We could do like seven episodes on it, <laughs> but really dive into understanding like, what does it really mean to have a self love and a love for others? Like that's fulfillment, you know, first and foremost. Secondly, I would say we have to align. Like we have to connect, like whatever you believe, whether it's God or source or nature or trees or universe, whatever that is, like spend time connecting and don't live up here. Go to your spirit, go to your heart, know what's true for you and live you, be you, be authentically you, own your own gift. I'm not you, you're not me. I can't touch the same people you can touch, you know, and, and I'm obviously like very different in a way. Like I walk in and you could just tell, like I dress differently, I look differently and I speak differently, but that's okay. Everybody is different. We have to stop trying to be anybody other than who we are. Connect to your truest self. Connect to God or whatever you believe in. Align yourself with what you believe your calling is and go do it unapologetically and grow and live and love and learn. And that's what I feel. And thirdly, um, I mean, this is just what's coming to my mind. Like, yeah, I don't know if these are the top three, but consciousness is all, you know, um, and thirdly, I mean, I mean, it's my message, right? We cannot be bound by fears. 
fears, the, 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 the non-good fears, right? Like it's bondage. There's an, I believe there's an epidemic in the world and it's fear. It's a lack of confidence, fear of failure, fear of not being enough, fear of not being lovable. It's a lack of, it, to me, that's that. And so we cannot give in to those things anymore. We have to take back our power of choice and say, what am I really supposed to do? And no longer just live life in a cage. Like it's time for everybody to wake up, like really like stop sleepwalking through life and stop living life like a puppet and wait, worrying what other people think about you. It doesn't matter what they think about you. They don't validate you. You know, my, one of my favorite line, my friend said, validation is for parking, right? Like, so, like, <laughs> and, and, and the reality is, like, nobody validates me, like, yeah, no, nobody validates me, like, I'm already validated, like, I don't need you to tell me I'm great, like, I, I have a lot to work on, but I'm also great, and so are you, and so do you, and so do you, it's like, and I think it's so liberating to not have to be anything than ourselves, and the best version of ourselves, and tomorrow will be better, and so to me, it's like, just be you and love yourself in the process and don't give in to fears and just love others in the process and just be free and own your freaking greatness and live your life and give the world your gift that's how i feel oh man what a way to wrap it up henry where is the best place for people to reach out to you to to connect with you yeah to, to learn more about your message what's the best place well my phone number is i'm just kidding no no <laughs> yeah so Actually, i've seen your text messages I've, yeah I, I don't really respond to my text messages so even if i gave you my number it's probably the worst way to reach me <laughs> i think i have a thousand and forty three right now um so 45, by 45 now. probably maybe more than that since this podcast <laughs> um um at henry amar on my instagram is probably a good one my podcast making it happen with henry Mar is a good one just to kind of connect with like where I'm at in my life um, but at H-E-N-R-Y-A-M-M-A-R on uh, Instagram or Facebook I'm on Facebook those are I don't really tweet not yet maybe I'll start feeling it in a week or two but I, I do I do it every once in a while yeah and, and, I don't really tweet. Uh, so Twitter's not the best one to do right now for me <laughs> um, maybe I will but um, you know definitely Facebook my Facebook page and then my uh, my Instagram for sure that's my go-to right now yeah so Henry what is it that you want the viewers and the listeners to do? What action do you want them to take as soon as they're done here? All right, as soon as you stop this podcast, turn on some music and have a dance party. I'm just kidding. No, you could do that if you want. Um, um, no, really what I would say is um, that was like, I have dad jokes sometimes, and that was one of them. So you could hashtag this podcast episode <laughs> dad jokes. dad joke. Yeah. Um, you know, what I want you to do, I want you to do you. Do you. Do the best version of you and stop beating yourself up and go love the heck out of yourself and live this life. This life is going to pass by like this. Like this. We're going to open our eyes and we're going to be 10 years from now and you're going to be like, what happened with my 10 years? And what do you want to say when you look back? Really assess. Like when I'm on my rocking chair, when I'm 90 years old, if I live that long, when I look back at my life, what do I really want to say? Ask yourself that question and do it. Simple. I don't care if you're afraid. I don't care what it is. Courage becomes confidence. Learn the principles of the mind. Learn the principles of the spirit. Learn the principles of emotion. And go out there and just know that you are not your past unless you want it to be. So just deliberately choose your life every day and choose who you want to be, who you want to move forward to becoming. And live your purpose or figure it out. Or what, you know, um, um, Glennon Doyle said, what, you know, what breaks your heart? Go solve that for somebody you know but live don't just exist live life deliberately every single day make a decision to decide and to live life awake that's kind of what I feel it's very generic but like everybody's going to know pertaining to what their own life is right now it's like yeah I really want to do this that's what you should do and then it will bless all of us so thank you in advance
but bless the world, right? Really? Like if everybody yeah. lived their purpose and shine, shine brightly and like shone, shine, shine brightly. Um, not, not an English major. Yeah. That's like, I mean either. Um, but like, you know, that's, if everybody did that and just kind of lived in love and open and openness and beauty, like, man, how cool would this world be? Right. Cause love people, love other people. How cool would this world be if we all loved each other? No, that is awesome. Henry, thanks again. Thank you. We, we had a lot of fun trying to connect and I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule Thank you. to share this with everybody. Thank you so much. Yeah. It's getting cooler in Arizona now. My armpits <laughs> are not as sweaty. Now that the sun is gone. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for what you do, and thank you for being so deliberate. I see you at all the events, and I see you playing full out, and I see you giving your gift to the world, right? And like stuff like that to me makes me so happy to see. You know, I remember being a part of you, looking at the audience, and seeing you play full out, and it, to me it makes you so happy. I was like, oh, that's cool. Ted's playing full out. Like I love that man, and I just give you, I commend you for that. And you know, you're here sharing your light, and you know, um, and I just appreciate that. So thank you for what you do. Thanks, Henry. Thanks, brother. That's it for this episode of the Ted Huff Show. But we know you're wondering where you go from here. TedHuff.com makes it easy for you to get notifications for new episodes, specialized contests, exclusive giveaways, and upcoming events simply by signing up for our mailing list. You'll get access to all this and more by visiting TedHuff.com. That's T-E-D-D-H-U-F-F.com. Until next time, open your mind and expand your empire right here on the Ted Huff Show.